ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. We're back again just a few nights after we recorded our podcast talking about the crazy end to the PSL season and the crazy CAF Champions League semifinals. But as I promised, we are not done with South Africa yet because there is one more game in South African top flight football. That is the Ned Bank Cup final between Orlando Pirates and Sakakuna United. And we've got a very, very special guest on tonight. I'm not talking about Courtney Fries, who's my co-host tonight, but I'm instead talking about the head coach of Sekakune United, Brandon Trichet. Brandon, welcome along to the podcast. How are you doing today? Um, thank, thank you so much for having me. Um, absolute pleasure to to be on this podcast and uh, and to join you guys. Simply uh, share about uh, more about the league, about um, um, the team, uh, myself as well. So yeah, it's an absolute pleasure being being here on this podcast with you. Coach, firstly, we want to firstly say thank you to you. I'll tell you why. You've been very gracious with your time. We had rearranged this so many times. Uh, you were busy. Things were coming up. And, you know, you still made time for us. I just want to say thank you very much. And you, you've actually made time for us in Cup Final Week. How are you doing? How is the team preparing for the Cup Final on Saturday? Yeah, um, so far so good. Um, um, it's that time time of the season when um, all the players are thinking about holidays. While we are still busy, um, some of the, the players that from other teams that work on holiday today came to watch our training session because we had a training match against um, one of the the teams that's involved with the with the PSL uh, promotion players. And yeah, but um, everybody's looking sharp. I must say it. Um, except for the guys, of course, who came came out of the game um, from again super sport over the week, you know, with Bruce, uh, but the team is also some on the recovery. But um, the rest of the squad, um, um, we injury free, we suspension free. So um, I have a full quota to to choose from this weekend. Um, yeah, um, so they got rest that um, we have nothing major, but um, everybody is throwing the. The occasion at the moment, like, like I said, now it's it's, it's got final weeks, so um, yeah, uh, nobody's injured, <laughs> no, nobody, everybody's fit, so yeah, uh, training is good. So, yeah. so, coach, just for the supporters now, and, and and our listeners out there listening to this, in cup final week, the first thing you've mentioned, which is a huge bonus, I'm sure, for yourself, nobody's in, so you've got a full complement of squad to select from, which is great. What are you going to do, taking into account just a few games ago, you played Orlando Pirates, you felt each other out. It was a bit of a feel, a nil-nil draw. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. What are you going to do different in this week, preparing your team, trying to avoid the emotions? You play the game and not the occasions. What are you going to do to avoid that all those negativities come out that they got and expressed themselves well? Yeah, um, look for, for for this weekend against Pirates as well. I'm taking into consideration that we played them um, um, two weeks ago and we played to a little draw. Of course, um, we went away from home, uh, coming to Orlando Stadium. It's it's tough getting a result here. Um, they had, I think they had nine wins in a row playing up, so we got the point away from home. Um, but of course, uh, we had some suspensions coming into that game. We also had some injuries going to that game, so we tweaked the formation a bit, 
gave two or three starts um, to some players as well against me. Um, purely because of, of, like I said, suspension and injuries, but um, it was a different formation we used. Uh, we played a bit on a counter, we sat back a bit. But um, I, in, during having a full quota, quota available for this game, um, our formation was changed a bit. Um, Luke is a one so it's a cup final. Um, uh, we would want, want to be on the, on the flank, we can make it um, um, as difficult as possible. Um, but um, yeah, um, in terms of the mentality and going into a cup final, the, we're the first in, in uh, Sigakuna history. Um, we have to be, what I'm saying today, I don't want to look at you, my history this year. Um, I came in at 13. Now we were allegation candidate. Um, we finished in the top eight, so we're playing uh, in the eight next season, coming back um, from the 22 games that I was the uh, and uh, all these two. 18 clean sheets. And then on uh, top of it, you qualified for the Confederations Cup and you're playing a major cup final this week. So enjoyed it, enjoyed it, but um, also. Um, I just see it now the occasion. It's the first for a lot of the players, so um, we have to play the game. We have to play the match and three spiders as, as another league match. And I think we will, um, considering how the guys look on training, we will definitely need to compete as underdogs um, for this game. We, we, we might just sneak the cup. Coach, I've just jumped in with another question because you mentioned something a bit earlier about your preparations. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, Alistair. The, the, the venue is Loftus Fersfeld. So for those people that don't know South Africa very well, um, Loftus Fersfeld is in Pretoria, high altitude. So anybody that lives in South Africa will know the altitude in, in, in Pretoria is totally different. Um, what is your preparations around trying to avoid that, acclimatize your players, have them ready to be at their physical best? Because we were watching Widad versus Sundowns on the weekend, and Widad were a week before looked so lackluster. This week just passed, they look outstanding at Loftus. So, what is your preparation around the altitude and acclimatizing your players for um, playing in Pretoria? Um, uh, I wouldn't say we're lucky in the sense, but first and foremost, yes, our training base season's over. Um, we play our home matches in Pulakwani. Uh, I think it's a bit higher um, at the altitude than Pretoria. And every home game is a four-hour trip. So um, we're used to the altitude. We, we're used to traveling. Um, Pretoria is 50 minutes from our home ground, from our training base. So um, it's not that much of a difference. But um, we are, I'm thankful for my technical team in terms of the, the bio, the, the physio, and also our positioning trainers. Um, the sports scientists as well. Um, there's so much sports science in the game today that um, all the data we collected from the players as well. Um, yes, um, I mentioned earlier about the Um We have to be mindful that we have to decrease as well. It's intense that our training is at the moment. We have to keep it short and and effective um, to keep the stress, and, and that's how we're managing it at the moment. I know the altitude will be a problem for either team as well. I think Pirates has um, a very dynamic squad, um, quick players, and everything. I don't, I don't think it will play a part um, in, in this game, but um, playing at the altitude is not a problem. 
And coach, you know, you've spoken a bit about, you know, the team and your preparations in, in terms of the team, but for you yourself, you know, we were talking earlier that this isn't just Sakakune's first final, but it's also yours. You know, you've, you've been to a couple of semifinals, weren't given the chance to try and get to the finals with, with your previous clubs. But for you, you know, how does that preparation for a final look different to a normal PSL game? I mean, I know in the, in the semifinals, we saw, you know, you're bringing on Mchweni and, to, uh, and but I don't think I've ever seen a game in which both keepers, both teams had brought on a substitute keeper for the, for the penalty shootout, but it never, worked for you guys. Never I've it. never seen it before, <laughs> but for you, you know, how has it been for you preparing for this? But also, have you been able to kind of enjoy the fact that you've taken this team from, you know, a relegation dogfight all the way to, to a cup final? Yeah, um, look, I have to give credit uh, to my technical team first. Um, I've found a good bunch of, of, of capable people here. Um, we, we've created a very um, close-knit family environment, uh, you know. So we understand. Um, look, as SAF coach, I have to manage all the um, For me, if you are capable and you're expert in your sphere, I will give you as much help as possible. But obviously, it's a... It's a Head coach, you have to um, be able to relate and and also understand what they're telling you. But um, going into this game, um, and um, yeah, um, with with everything that's achieved, this um, with, with lead coming in, um, the cup final, the top eight, the confederations cup playing in Africa this season, um, competing on five fronts at this being absolutely astonishing, astonishing, um, purely because of my faith as well. Um, I started the season at at, at Amazulu. Um, we got fired just before um, while we got the and a away draw, one one score draw away from home, and of course the league in South Africa we the away goals count in the first league of the semi final, and of course we um, going to the second league we were at home. We were quite confident about going to the final, but we had a, a midweek game before the final, and I lost that game. I got I got the boot. So yeah, um big um spoke to the owner as well, just give me a time until uh, after the final. Because um I think all the leagues in, in the world because of the World Cup at the uh, at the Nicias during October and it was just before that. Um and he said nope, uh, we have to make the change now. So um got fired in the semi final. Um I think the team was already one to the final. And then at Swallows, the same um, semi final uh, on Circuit Coast League, uh, got to draw these well and came back uh, against Super Sport, what we traveling back and got the got the boot again. So um, for me, first cup final, um, it's, it's just for crazy and I want to stay in as much as I can. And I'm just praying that there will be more in the future. But um, yeah, um, so far it's been epic. Um, it's it's been all over the media. If you be, if you were going, um, if you be you are looking at turning on the radio as well. Um, so yeah, I'm just soaking it in and and just um, learning from the experience and the crazy as well. Yeah, I, I I want to take you you know further back because I think in all of this amazing achievement in terms of getting to the final and regardless of what happens this weekend, whether you win it or you lose it, like you said, you're in the Confederations Cup. You're in the MTMA for the first time for next season. But, you know, let's cast our eyes back to earlier in the season when you took over. Sekakune were in 15th, I think. Relegation playoff spot. Scrambling to try and stay in the PSL. 
and now you know you've you know gone to your highest ever finish you're in a final you what what has changed and you know how did you change things so quickly when you arrive and you know what is different in the dressing room and you know in the club between then you know only in what november and now in may just six months you know what's the difference yeah um luckily for me because of the world cup right um there was enough time to work with the team um, to get them out of the play um also the players um, get, um, just getting to understand me and also um, know what i'm about during that break of course with um, the way i work um um, it's not uh, dictatorship or anything like that. I get free, uh, freedom as much to the players as I can in terms of um, because I want to know what they think. Um, I want to be involved um, or understand what they do in their private life, um, the marriage kids, um, what they're providing for um, because we have some players that's looking after the whole family as well and I, I need to understand um, how they think, how they live. Uh, and then, of course, on, on the training kids, um because when I look at before taking the job, of course, there was a whole interview process as well. So um, I had to um, go in research, uh, look at a few games as well, because I had to present what I'm going to change. And I found a team of very capable, um, technically gifted players, um, but was playing a, a type of football that I didn't see them. And I had to come up with um, a playing style, a playing philosophy that um, caters for them. And they got into it. I presented it to the board. I presented solutions um, in terms of how we can get out of it. I think they were uh, at that stage, it was the team that conceded the highest amount of gold, which I pointed out that it good was my, what my first point of business. So I stopped in the gold, and from being you uh, get the playing style with the case, enough chances to at least get uh, a 1 0 win or score um, at, at any given moment. Um, the players uh, reacted well in, uh, when I presented the, the playing style, the playing philosophy as well. Absolutely happy. Uh, from the, um, the man management comes to both of them in terms of the relationship between myself, my staff, and, and the players, of course. Um, I think that is key at this level. Um, look at PSL level, that throw the move. There's not much players that um, can't trap and pass the ball or have a technical or tactical insight into the game. So I, I think man management plays a big part. Um, there's, there's huge respect between uh, player and, and staff, uh, and also the club crew made the mobile. And I think um, um, once the players are happy, um, yes, they control it. Uh, but also as a coach, you have to have some strong personality that you can also uh, lead into certain situations in, in discussions in the club, how to deal with certain situations as well. Um, looking back, um, I, I felt we needed one or two more signings. Um, we signed Kamohelo Makocho from um, Tenzilefi, uh, who played for Brentford this morning. Um, and his size, the position of the class as well. Um, two big players, big personalities, players who have won things, um, who has played for Bafana, has played in Europe. So, um, yeah, they were absolutely massive to, to the club group, together with uh, uh, Zima and Indica um, and Elka Dorso. Um, and then the two is the national goalkeepers in Sangari uh, Badr, those stuff um, from Zambia. So um, there's some big personalities in the cloakroom. But like I said, uh, what you please speak is given. Um, we deal with each other uh, as a uh, human being. I think you ask, ask the people what's once. Once you have to believe and uh, buy 
of the whole squad. Um, the, the atmosphere will always be good. Coach, there's the train of thought and a very common statement out there that you're not a manager until you've been sacked. I, I, I've heard it so many times. But I, I look at your record at, at Amazulu and it doesn't make sense to me. I'm not lying to you. In fact, when when you were relieved of your duties at Sundowns, I was shocked because 19 games, 7 wins, 7 draws, 5 losses. Okay? That is a good record to take on. Looking at where Amazulu is currently, what do you feel was the reason that the management made the change of such progressive management from yourself taking into account where they currently are now yeah um i think it was um emotional and also an active from the supporters as well um same case with swano um at that stage as well um with swallows um i think my first my first loss against um super sport First loss of the season um, against Supersport. Um, I got placed on special leave. Um, it was basically, yeah, um, a fire to read it. But um, then they lost the second league of the semi final. They lost, um, I think, 4 0 to Sundowns. But in that, the next three games, they considered about 12 goals. And then I got to, uh, to take over again. But eventually, uh, um, they lost again. At the booty, but it was all support this pressure. And it was only the same. Um, if you remember also, um, before Benny um, got the boot, there were so much interviews with, with Benny in the media, even myself from outside. Um, Benny was um, bashing the players back and saying so much in his interview about um, um, the, the problems, the struggles he has with the squad. Um, he was talking about the players, the mistakes, the quality, um, the mindset um, in the media before we got the boot. But um, um, I walked into it um, just from outside thinking that um, what's happening, um, I, I don't think any coach at any level will, will, will throw his players under the bus. But uh, Benny, um, knowing him personally as well, and for what the uh, chief has achieved in a football, um, I don't think anybody can sit around the table and put up labels in South Africa that can compete with Benny. So um, he was with absolute in his absolute life, or from we what he did in the previous season, and also from a player perspective, he he had the medals in the stars to to talk to anybody. So nobody could challenge him on that. But um, I walked in, um, a bit naive thinking. Um, I will turn it around as well. But um, I said earlier about the man management of, of, of the players in the Bristol. And I, I actually found it difficult to to get the buy-in from the players. Um, some players were uncoachable um, at the club as well. And we mentioned it earlier about the, um, um, in South African football, we have a, a bit of player power. So um, once, once you are faced with that and you can't um, solve that, that problems or um, find solutions to it, we're always going to be on the back. Um, there were some games as well. We 
Um, players were playing differently to what we agreed upon, um, tactical agreement. Um, playing for support and supports were thrown out the window in different games. And first, um, at one moment, once you have a direct line to the chairman or the chairman or owners have a direct line to players, um, mission zeros will always uh, be different to, to what the coach says. And then, of course, if you look back as well, um, I had two assistant coaches just at that moment. Um, they were both working with me um, at that time. And then uh, another coach, with Natasha Bruto also, um, came in and they were working with him as well. Well, he's gone as well. And now they are the head coaches. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, once you have your staff, pick your staff carefully. And that's what I'm saying at the moment. But um, so much, so many things went wrong. I had Amazulu, but um, I learned from I learned from everything. So um, I know what to stay away from now. Um, what is the red flag that that I need to look out for as well? Um, but um, I hope the club will uh, play if it's coachable. Will will take you far on the thing. Coach, I'm just. Uh, if I must be very honest, I think you've been very humble with what you've done there because 49 percent track record um you leave with a lot of points in 57 out of 57 points you picked up 28 uh i think you did a decent job w was the culture not what you expected when you walked into the change room obviously we can't talk we can't talk too in depth about certain things but was the did you expect more from the culture because I feel with what you walked into, you really got quite a bit out of those players, you know. Um, and I, I just can't foresee, was there like a, a personal disagreement with management that led to this? Because it just didn't make sense, the sacking. <laughs> um, look, the, the culture of the club, um, I think when, 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 when any coach walks into a club, he's going to a culture. I understand. Um, I'm a Zulu being um, from the Zulu nation, for Zulu Natal. Um, if, if you're talking about cults and the Zulu cults as well, uh, once you go into Cage again, you have to respect it. And I'm a school of, of the cult with South Africa. Um, but um, once there's a, a cult in the club, it's, it's, it's new owners as well. So um, their background in football or their personal, personal experience in football about how about running a, a football team as well um, um, wasn't up to the standard in terms of the professionalism that's required to operate that level. So um, from from walking in and then uh, beginning of the season, the squad that was assembled was massive. I think Amazulu still have one of the best squads assembled and on paper as well. Um, there's some individuals, um, I have to take my Else that um, tackling the job easier, that also try to help with the cloak with as well. Rama, Rama, Keegan Buchanan, Rally Bowyer, to name a few guys that try to cast uh, Makaula as well, that, um, the Sultan Pirates, that's playing in Pirates as well. Um, those are the guys that I could lean on, the guys that kept me motivated. Because, um, um, to be honest, um, I would have walked. I would have walked away early, but um, of course, um, um, being in football, um, only so many jobs available at in the PSL level. 
you try to bite it out. You, you, you try to stay in the job as long as possible. So, um, but yeah, um, the culture that was there, um, the culture that was there previously, we had so many players that, that came in. Um, big players, um, George Malorita, Augustine Trem, Cabaitinho Mahalo. Um, it's all egos as well. It's, it's, it's personalities in football. It's guys who have achieved as well. And once you walk into a, a culture that you don't agree with, or let's call it um, toxic at that moment, um, you want to uh, want to change things as well. And old God versus new God, you're always going to have some, some conflicts in between the players. And that's what drained me at the moment, uh, at, that, at that moment, because of uh, managing a football field to be first. Um, and then managing egos, um, it, it, it became a bit too much in terms of um, um, buying faith, in terms of um, um, kissing websites, um, wanting them to perform. Because uh, um, after all, the, the coach is well, he's, he's the face of the team. Um, your image also um, is painted to be, you're not doing well or developing the production game. Yeah, but um, a very, very good squad. But um, yeah, some very, very um, toxic players with some big egos as well. It wasn't good for the club. I mean, we often talk about how being being a manager in football is, is the loneliest job in, in the sport. But I, I can't lie. It sounds like being the head coach in the PSL is the most unforgivable job as well in terms of the pressure, the, the, the things you have to manage. I mean... We, we've had lots of coaches from the PSL come on. And in fact, we had Dylan Kerr a couple of weeks ago come on, who, you know, has been in charge at Verumo Gallants. And I think we've had him three or four times on, and he's been with a different club every single time we've we've interviewed him. And even Gavin Hunt was saying a couple of days ago, talking about how the league needs a bit of almost like a reset, a reboot. Things move too fast. And it's interesting that you're talking about your success with Sekakune has come off the back of having time because of the World Cup. Do you feel like in the PSL more even than most other football country nations where there's so much pressure on the managers there's no time to get you know your three-year plan off the ground because you know if you lose one big game you know against sundowns against Supersport, against whoever suddenly you're out of a job do you feel like that pace is too much or do you think that actually it, it, it works yeah no 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 um I don't think it at this moment, um, yeah, uh, coaches in the PSL, um, it gets changed, get it boot so, so quickly. And like I said, now one, one bad result, two bad results will be out of a job. Um, having said that as well, me myself, um, as, uh, as, as well as, as I've done this season as well, I only have a 12 month contract. Only for your contract left. So what, what is it for both? Um, you have to to hit the ground running. Um, it's it's sink or uh, swim or sink uh, at that moment, but it's not good for the development of the game, especially in South Africa. Um, we we don't have um, time to build uh, a dynasty like Sundowns. I think that that squad, the staff, together the coaches, that's there as well. At time, um, I remember Puto uh, in the first uh, season as well. They wanted to burn down the one stadium when he lost it in Zulu. Um, I still remember that day as well. The fans wanted him out. But um, the owners, uh, Mr. Mucepe, at that time, stuck with him. And I think um, 
uh, three years, two years later, um, you won a cup, you won, you won the league, and on top of that, the uh, continuity and the consistency between of the coaches being the players, um, the coach having the power to sign players, and develop the team that can sustain um, um, success. And, and that's what you get. But um, if you look around, um, there's not there's not many clubs that you say possibly just by one word with Eric Winkler. Winkler have a five-year contract. Um, Clive Barker is still with now. Um, um, three, four years now with Stellenbosch. And you could see the the, the, the youngsters just coming through. I think um, when you won against uh, um, in the semifinals, they were the most on-point team at the moment, beating the likes of Sundowns and with such a huge full team. But um, that all gets bold. Oh, that's a process. That's the process. Everybody understands development. Um, everybody understands the con- consistency and continuity with the coaches. If you want, but I can't say stuff is saying um, there's a lack of identity. There's a lack of uh, a culture. There's a lack of a uh, playing style of philosophy as well. Um, so, yeah, you're just going uh, season by season as well. I, at this moment, um, um, coming back to Shikikuni after, after this weekend, um, preparing for pre-season with a one-year contract lift. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I have to get it right. Of course, I might find myself um, in the first couple of games without a job. And I don't think it's good for football anywhere in the world. Coach, yeah, that, that is walking on a knife edge, if I, if I could use that term. And obviously, how do you build things? Um, but let's look at this weekend. What a great opportunity for you to put down a marker. And I really hope you win it. I, I'm being very honest. Not that we got you on. I'd like the mold of these massive teams in South Africa to be stopped in some way. It just makes the whole league competitive. If you guys, and I really hope you'll take the three points. But I think it'll do a fantastic thing for your profile. Where do you think it would then put you in terms of coaches within the country, in the PSL? Because you pick up the trophy this weekend, where will that place yourself? <laughs> because we looked at the coach of the year nominations. Alistair, help me here. Coach, are you on that at all? Uh, no, 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 no. It's, um, so it's a... No, no, coach. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, Gavin is on there. Uh, is on there, and I think it'll land. Um, land it on, um, so, um, yeah, I, I stayed on this weekend um, after the Super Sport game in my post-match um, um, interview. And I've, I I stayed it from 15 to, to 8 qualified for the NPNA uh, in the front federation stuff. Um, I'm playing a major cup final this weekend. So, uh, maybe be during this season and uh, no nominee, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't purely because of me, but it was because of the staff. Um, there's some young, um, technical members in here, um, the, the, the bio, the physios, um, um, the conditioning team, the sports scientists, it, the performance analyst, the Nazi said, uh, a, a young player, sorry, a, a young analyst with so much insight into the game. Absolutely, absolutely one of uh, the players I've worked with. And because the, the coach of the year is not about the coach, it's about the staff, it's about the team that drives it. And, and that's why I felt I had to mention it. But so, so much has been achieved. 
so much history has been made this season with the club as well. And yeah, still, still no nominee. And 22 games, 18 clean sheets. And like all keepers, no, he's not even nominated as well. You got Daniel Cardoso played every single minute of of the league this season. No nomination as well. So uh, yeah, um, and, and that's why I mentioned that such things in the in the interview. But yeah, we'll <laughs> nothing I can do about it. No nomination. So yeah, I don't think I will do anything. I think you just kicked the door down, then, coach. You just kicked the door down. You, you know, I'll tell you something, coach. When I was living in Marisburg and there were parties, we used to go to a house parties uninvited and kick the door. So you kick the door in, and how you do that? You win the cup final, and you say, "Well, let's give it to him." Uh, the of the year nominations, a winning manager never got it. it. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And like I said to you, coach. I wouldn't look at your 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 past track record at at Amazulu as unsuccessful. So you also got to bring that in. Listen to what you mentioned about the culture of the club that you're walking to. Extremely difficult. Yet look what you still produce. So put that on top of what you're doing at this moment in time. It's hard not to recognize it. Uh, Alistair, your, your your opinions on this? We spoke in detail about. Well, I mean, I'll say this much, Coach. If if you're not the one banging down the door, Courtney will on your behalf. <laughs> yeah, it's got some experience in it. Yeah, it's just I just think it's a, you know, you look at and nobody can take away from Rulani what he does. Listen, nobody can disrespect that. It must be absolutely difficult to manage that team with those resources, with those pleasures, with those talented players. Yes. But there is also a different league below that, where clubs don't have those resources, where managers have to go the extra mile. Like we had Dylan Kerr on here the other week. He said he does his own analysis. He doesn't have a, a team of analysts. He has to do his own analysis. You know, now, and I imagine that. Now, look how far Marumo Gallants went in the, the, the CAF Championship Cups. It's just um, the recognition needs to be also in the nomination. You don't have to win the trophy, but be there. Be part of the... the yeah, but um, no, I, I hear you, Courtney, and I do understand what you are saying, but I'm also not, not um, one for blowing my own own. But um, for my for, for my staff, um, that's what I'm doing at the moment, you understand. Um, we, we have uh, WhatsApp calls, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, Talking about players, talking about training, talking about the opponent. So yeah, uh, we hardly get even sleep, and uh, we hardly get enough sleep. And uh, our family stuff as well. And that's why I I I want to give them the recognition. That's why um, I after these things, uh, those things in the in the post match um, interview um, against SuperSport. But um, yeah, with uh, all the hard work that. That they are doing, they deserve something as well. Um, it's just not for me. Um, so, so yeah, um, I'll I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> try to pick down the door, but um, ultimately, I, I I have no clue how the nominations are be or who's in charge of it. So, so yeah, we'll just do our best. Coach, you know, you've spoken a lot about preparation, detailed analysts taking time, getting to know your players. 
uh, understanding the culture, understanding where they come from. You know, that's a very detailed approach and a good man management approach into taking on a team. And look, look at the successes that's been built off that. I'd like to bring you to a result just a few weeks ago, the South African under-17 game, the 5-0 loss. Um, obviously, yes, you, you're not a youth coach, but this result was there for everybody to see. Um, the disappointing factor of that result. Do you have any thoughts on that at all? Yeah, no, I, I, I watched the game. Um, and this is purely from, from my opinion. As well, um, Duncan Crowe being one of my role models, one of my idols, um, absolutely top top player. Well, class. I had the privilege, yeah, yeah I had the privilege of playing with him as well. So yeah, I felt sorry for him. But um, just just looking at the game as uh, as well, yeah, um, I think he had about two weeks to prepare that team. Um, in, in the training can be ends over, um, but um. I think after the first mistake, um, the second goal, the second goal came so quickly, um, and you could see it in the the body languages and the, the faces of the the players. This is youth football, and uh, some of the players as well. Larry Dan, how we with because I've worked in youth development for so long. I've worked in Cape Town. I know some of the boys. I follow them as well when I'm in Cape Town and watch some football matches. The Stellenbosch boys, the Bunke boys. The Ajax, the Texas Spurs boys, that is in there as well. Um, these are players that is not used to losing. Okay. Mentally, I don't think they were prepared. Physically, practically, technically, yes. But mentally, I don't think uh, they were pre prepared. And that, that's the major gap in South African development. That was the missing link, in fact. Um, once that first goal went in, the second, will pay, second one came quickly, and they were gone. Mentally, they were out of it. Um, the sweet soft, the body language, the faces, the belief. Yes, one or two um, players, Mabena, um, the boy from Europe, I think he plays in England, um, tried to keep the team going. But I think in that, um, you, you can see the senior football as well. Um, the, the 22, 23, 24 year old, the 25 year old in Europe is tough, tough player, world class. In South Africa, they considered youngsters. That that age bracket, they make every mistake possible in terms of lifestyle, in terms of finance, in terms of um, what they do on media, social media, um, what they after out there, every mistake possible. Now, once they come out of that, once they realize I'm, I won't have a job if I continue or I don't have money now, that's around the ages of 27, 28, 29, 30. And now you're considered old. Once you go over 30, they, Club don't want to sign you. You you're too old him. But now you find in my team, for instance, you have Eddie Eddie Gimark, Daniel Cadoso, Villagas, Camarillo, uh quite a few older guys getting in, in my spine. But that's the more mature player. That's the player that I don't have to worry about recovery. I don't have to worry about are they sleeping? Um, are they out clubbing? Are they drinking? So the older, more mature players that make all that mistake, and I don't have to worry about them, but the younger boys, that's the boys I have to worry. And development in football, in South Africa's football, don't think the condition is just about the football, but it's nice outside football that needs to be managed, that is that the performance, principles of performance. And that's a huge, huge gap, and that's what I see 
uh, with the under 17 national team as well. So, what I picked up from, from outside just from watching the game. But it's interesting you say that, coach, because even, you know, in, in, in the UK and in, in, you know, English players, just 10, 15 years ago, they would have said the exact same thing about players who are, you know, 20, 19, 21, you know, they're out, you know, the paparazzi would pick, take pictures of them outside clubbing, stuff like that. And, and you've seen that shift of them becoming more professional. And I think we see it again, same with Senegal. I mean, hats off to the Senegalese Federation for the way they've managed the, the yeah. you know, all of their age levels. And you're seeing all the rewards coming now, AFCON, Chan, U20, U17, you name it, they've won it. And, and we, and, you know, we've spoken with various different kind of people who work at academies across, you know, countries like Senegal, where, you know, at, at an academy like Generation Foot, the players are having that kind of mentality as part of their education and, and that learning. And you, that's why you see players like Sadio Mane manage so well once they move into Europe. You know, how, how do you think, you know, the, the structures both in SAFA, but also at club level in South Africa can do better to, to help these players because, you know, as you say, it then bleeds into the, you know, the, the, the top teams, you know, we're talking about Amazulu and having problems there with players, you know, even into the national team, obviously, you know, Bafana have gotten to the AFCON, but it's not, it's not been a kind of a fruitful last kind of decade of football, you know, what, where, where are the got these kind of young players being let down and how can, you know, coaches like yourself, but even, you know, clubs, administration, academies, how can they help more to, to kind of, fill that gap to help them kind of learn to, to manage themselves. Yeah. I, I first and foremost, uh, from, from the outside of what you read in the, the media, South was not, um, painting a really, really good picture about themselves. Um, the, the politics that that's happening within the organization, the infighting as well. So you, 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 you get this sense of, uh, um, it's not football first at times. Um, and, and I think um, why I'm saying that is because I, I firmly believe that um, football decisions should be taken first before any political or any, any other decisions get, get, get made. But um, um, we are so diverse in a sense, and South Africa is so big. Um, and, but we need to formulate a development plan. Um, we need to um, grade our academies. Um, anybody can can really just open up an academy on the on every corner uh, of South Africa, and I think that is wrong. Um, some some coaches are not qualified as well to deal with 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 football. Um, so many development steps are are must. Um, coaches coach for their own personal accolades instead of the development of players. Um, the list goes on and on. But um, I think the technical centers is problems is a must for us. Um, purely because it's so big, I, I think um, the free state is the size of, of Holland. Holland, um, of, I think, 52 academies in, in Holland. Um, that was that's something I did a few years ago. I'm not sure how, how, how much it is now. But um, just free state alone, um, the size of Holland was not one. I think how many academies in case that only a recognized academy. In the Western province is so big. Um, I have to Ubuntu and uh Boss is the only three academies. Um, how many talent is coming through the lift? Um, how many um because there's no backing from the corporate world as well. 
um, and some clubs are funding it out of their own pockets. Um, we are so far behind in development, and and yet we, we can compete with the likes of, of Senegal, who have proven now. I think even in main category um, or tournament or cup, the East in South in Africa, uh, Senegal has won. Um, but yet we 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 are looking outside of Africa at, at models that that um, doesn't um, um, cut into our scale. So yeah, I I think it's back to basics. I think uh, literally now is before we go outside of the continent um, and take the leaf out of Senegal's book. But um, firstly, foremost, I think um, our effort to get the the ducks in a row, um, have to refocus and. And of course, clubs, when you have academies and um, development programs, um, get one of our coaches. And also, uh, youth coaches that don't have ambitions to, to take the hit is top with the top. But absolute, um, but actually, I have a passion for youth and for youth development and to aid South African football. That, that, that's just my, my opinion at the moment. Coach, you, you, you almost set out a blueprint there. Uh, of exactly what needs to happen um, with what you're doing with what's ahead of you this weekend you're actually putting yourself in the position for um, a Bafana Bafana call up if, if, if I look at it yes, you got, no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I'll tell you why and I'm very critical of Bafana Bafana and this is why I brought up the, um, the question of under 17s obviously I know it's not down to Duncan but the preparation with the national team is always the problem. So the, the, what has happened with the under-17, the two-week planning, which if we had to bring Duncan on now, he'll tell you that's not enough. Mm, no, that immediately he wouldn't. That's going to happen with the national team when they go to the AFCON. You can... Yes, no, yes, bulk. Yes. It's going to happen. And uh, Alistair will tell you, I'm very good with predictions here, coach. I told Alistair that Sam Allardyce is going to get a job in the Premier League ahead of any young manager. What happened, Alistair? Sam Allardyce got a job. Told yeah. him Watson's coming back at the age of 89. They brought him back. You know, so... So there we... Uh, there's just this culture. Is Bafana Bafana a target for you, coach? Of course. Um, I, I think every coach... That, um. Um, should have that ambition with coaching their national team. Um, um, Gavin mentioned the other day as well. Um, we should like a big chance to, to coach Bafana. Um, I think I'm still, still young in this game. Um, in, in, in terms of coaching, in terms of, um, when I score one, two, three. Um, but definitely Bafana, Bafana is definitely uh, one of the, the, the goals or one of the things. Um, but obviously, also coaching and getting out of South Africa as well. It's also for my manager, completed a FIFA exam as well. So she's licensed to to go into the world and uh, go outside of South Africa. So I, I congratulated her and said, "Well, then now we can go," because um, it's, it's just like I said now. Um, um, how our clubs are running at this moment. Um, um, after doing so well, um, you still you only have a one year contract. Um, the 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 same with Damazulu, I had a one year contract. I I had a first agent and then an option. Um, so it it it's every time a one year contract, there's no opportunity to build something. 
uh, that you believe in. It's always um, um, a short-term plan. There's no stability in your job as well because I um, said it earlier, two, three bad results out of a job to get. And once you become desperate and your back against the wall, you start making silly decisions and overthinking things. And and um, you, you don't want that type of um, thinking around football. Um, it should be analytic. It should be analyzed. It should be, okay, we know what we have this weekend and so forth and so forth. You should be able to to plan in the next five games, but in South Africa, you just can't. And that's why the ambitions to coach at the highest level, national team, um, ambitions to coach outside of South Africa always want to be there. But, um, yeah. Well, coach, I was going to finish off by asking you for plans about next next season in the Confederations Cup, but there's no, it doesn't seem like there's any even a point. One step at a time, huh? Coach, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Absolute pleasure. Yeah, but um, we, we, we have discussed with um, Alfred. They did ask my opinions about them to to, to Confederations Cup. Um, we, we saw what happened with Marumo um, being relegated as well. So they have to balance the act as well. Luckily, um, there's an AFCON. They seem to have the season again. So our preseason planning could be to get until that time. The Eastern qualifiers in between as well. So once we get the loading, once we get the preseason right, we can push on until the AFCON and then reshift again because there's a transfer window as well. But um, I, um, looking at the data from the previous preseason, that 53 uh, contracted players at preseason, and I said that can't happen. So otherwise, you're going to sit me up again. Um, the focus should be on the court and getting the league started. So yeah, yeah, sorry, uh, we were about to wrap off, but. Yeah. 53 players. No, that's, that's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, 53 players. Yeah, well, I said, no chance is going to happen with me still around. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Coach, Coach, I'm just going to ask you, if you win the tournament, can we have it here that you come on with the trophy for an analysis of the game, please? You, you know, I might be coming to Europe. I might be coming to um, the UK. Um one of my friends who's uh, interested in also a, uh, a life coach, uh, paradigm chef Ricardo Veras was working with the, uh, the, the Wolves rugby team. And so is in the, um, I'm inviting him over for preseason. Uh, and he's invited me that side. So let's see if I come that side and, and hopefully meet up with you guys. Looking forward oh. to you bringing the Nedbank Cup with you as well, Coach. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> coach, thank you so much. We appreciate, you know, and this week you coming to talk to us. If for you listeners, for those of you watching, you know, we have such a catalog of some of the top coaches in the PSL and those like Pizza who've moved on from the PSL. If you're interested from hearing their perspectives like Brandon on, on Bafana, on the PSL, on the teams that are playing Go back into our archive, have a listen. You can find us at OTW underscore podcast or on the whistle podcast. Coach, thank you so much. Good luck. You have the support of pretty much everyone in South Africa, bar Orlando Pirates. So we're looking forward to looking forward to watching the game. Thanks so much, coach.